Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of Not So Linear and today it's a little bit different because we have my sister on the show who is also giggling right now (laughs) because she finds it very awkward. Um, So this one's a bit different because whilst Lily is joining she is not the guest she's actually going to be interviewing me so Lil say hi to everyone. Hi guys. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself just before we kick off so they know a little bit about you? Yes, so I am Tam's younger sister, Lil. So I'm about two years younger. It is my birthday tomorrow. Woo, turning Woo-hoo. 27, but I'm actually dreading it. Like, that feels old to me. Like, I'm knocking on 30's door. Yeah, <laughs> As are you. Me next March. <laughs> I'm 30 in March, so thanks for that. So I'm still living in the UK far away from you on the other side of the world and I'm giving the hosting gig a go today. It is weird isn't it like your birthday it's literally like your third birthday since I've been away. I know it is weird. So you went away what 2019? Yeah so you would have been 25 that year I think. Yeah yeah. Turning 25 and then you were 26 last year no turning 27 so I've not been there for three birthdays isn't that weird? Yeah it is weird. And what's sad is that I won't potentially see you for your 30th. I know. I'm quite sad about it, don't we? I feel like it's a bit of an emotional thing because we've not seen each other for so long. And particularly, like, I know you're on this grief journey and I've not seen you in person since you've kind of been on this journey and come out the other side really so yeah but also really good at the same time exactly I think as well like 30 is quite a big turning point and it's kind of sad that so much has happened in this space of time and like you say no one's kind of been here to see it and not many people have been able to see the new life that I've got here or meet like my boyfriend or all the friends and the kind of house and stuff I live in it's like I live this life that no one's really been able to be a part of which is really strange yeah, I'm just so glad that like dad and our stepmom got to come out and see you. Like at least somebody has been able to before COVID yeah. <laughs> yeah. literally ruined our lives. So Exactly. But you're having fun now. So, okay, why don't we jump in? Yeah, you're going to have to bear with me. First um, podcasting gig, but here we go. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Um, first question that I have for you. So in your first podcast episode, you said you faced your grief and you felt a lot happier these days. So do you feel different six months on? Do you want to talk us through kind of the last six months? And if you look at yourself today versus six months ago, how do you see yourself differently? Yeah, it's really interesting because when I started Not So Linear, it was all about helping other people because I'd recently set up a grief group myself and met these really nice girls who I was able to talk to and share my emotions with. So I had almost felt like, okay, that's it. I've got all my stuff out now. I feel a lot better. Now's my time to help others and get to know their journeys. But little did I know that I actually had so much still left to uncover. And I think through both doing my recordings and also just going on Instagram and really facing my grief and really delving into those thought processes, it really started to draw out 
a lot of unprocessed stuff that I didn't even know existed. And I talk about it a lot, but one of the main things that I really struggled with in my earlier grief, and I don't know whether you did too, but was the kind of anger that I had towards mum and what happened. You know, her mental health battles had meant that our relationship had deteriorated. So I felt angry that she had left us and I felt like my grief was so complicated to resolve. And then secondly, every time anniversaries came round, I then didn't know how to process my feelings because I don't feel connected to her. And I realised that that's actually a really big issue because a lot of people who are grieving do have that ability to think about their loved one in like a really positive light. And I feel like I was almost robbed of that. So I've been on a journey now in the last six months of trying to feel more connected to her, but also make peace with my grief. It's really interesting that you say that because for me, I definitely experienced something similar. I mean, we were so young when it happened. We just felt like neglected. So we just had these negative thoughts all the time. So it almost felt like every conversation we had or every memory we had was a bit tainted with this kind of negative feeling. Whereas now I'm similar to you where I start to look at it in a more positive way. So for example, I've just been on holiday with some of my best friends in Mallorca and We were just like in the pool being silly, like laughing around. And I was like dancing in the pool. And I was saying how mum used to always try and make me do synchronized swimming. And she always really wanted (laughs) me to join a synchronized swimming club. And I was telling the girls about it. And we were literally pissing ourselves. And I thought, God, like, this is really nice to share a happy story about my mum. It doesn't always have to be like morbid. And it just... I really just like lay back down on something. I thought, God, that felt so good to like laugh when talking about mum. And I feel like that's what you're kind of saying as well. You can start to think about the happy things. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of my favorite podcast episodes is the one that I did with Dr. Chloe, who I know you also love. Yeah, Um, we can't rate her high enough. So for people who haven't listened to this one, Dr. Chloe is a grief and trauma specialist, um, a trained psychologist. And I did an episode with her all about my complicated grief. And I say to her, I don't know how to feel because I have this like tug of war of emotions, like love and hate, and then feeling guilt and then feeling angry. Dr. Chloe's best advice that she could give me, which also helped you, was you can't always forgive the actions that someone's done and that's okay. But what you can do is forgive the confused person behind those actions. And it's so funny that that, those few sentences just switched a complete light bulb. And now I feel like, okay, what happened to mum? She didn't necessarily choose to be like that. And yes, maybe some of it was her personality as well, but maybe she was doing the best for herself at the time and needed to step away. And actually I can forgive her for some of that way that she's had to behave because maybe it just wasn't always her fault. So now I look at it more in a light of trying to think before those few years where it kind of went downhill and like you said (laughs) laughing about things like that or remembering the times when we used to live in Henley on Thames together and do all the nice things like the painting and playing in the garden and things like that. So now that you're feeling in better headspace these last few months how would you say that doing this podcast Not So Linear has helped you kind of get to this place? Do you feel like it's part of your journey and healing I definitely think that the podcast has become 
part of my healing process. It's funny because, like I said earlier, I did it to help other people, but actually the people I've interviewed have helped me so much in return. And to me, when people ask me, oh, how's the podcast going? It's almost like my response is more than that. The podcast isn't just that now it's a community of people that I've made friends with over Instagram it's a community of people that I've interviewed and got to really know and these people that I interviewed they're sharing their most vulnerable stories and letting me publicly put it out there to people all over the world and I think like some of the people I've met have just been so interesting and I've been able to not only explore my grief in theirs but actually learn about the places that they live the things that they do I've had conversations I've never talked about before such as um, stillbirth and miscarriage I didn't really have those types of conversation now I feel a lot more educated I've also been able to meet so many interesting people through the Instagram community and go on other people's podcasts and get to help them as well and you know there's a girl called Alice from the grief sofa podcast and you know we chat all the time and it's really really nice to get to know that there's other people out there that are helping you to feel less alone and the one thing that it has taught me is that community is so important and by meeting others that have been through a shared similar experience that is the way to help you kind of unpack your feelings and have someone that you can really open up to yeah I completely agree I think you've created such a good community for people to feel less alone like that was your main starting point I think I think you felt lonely in your thoughts and thought you know how am I going to cope with this grief and you went out there and found other people and now you've just created this like platform where people do share their stories and they feel comfortable with you to do that and I just think that is so amazing yeah, it's so cool to see that how that's happened. Like, I never thought that the podcast would have led me to this. Like, yes, it's really exciting to see it in the Apple charts and all that cool stuff. But the people that I've met and now the friendships that I've been able to create and also getting random messages from people online saying how much I've helped them. Like, that's so cool to not to know that I've helped somebody who was feeling in a really dark place. And probably one of the best things about Not So Linear is it also helped me to find the Motherless Daughters group. I'd never heard of it before and it's a charity in Australia that helps support young women or any woman actually who's lost their mum and I went to their motherless daughters event around Mother's Day. I went there by myself which I never would have done in the past. It was quite nerve-wracking actually. Walked into this room for this um, afternoon tea, sat on a table with other women, sim- all different ages, but everybody had lost their mum as a teenager and they purposely do that. They put you in a, in a seat with people who have been through a similar journey to you. And it was strange to see how we got to know each other in that really short space of time. Sitting in a room full of about 75 women that have all been through losing their mum was actually extremely overwhelming, mentally exhausting, but probably one of the best experiences I've actually ever done. Because by the end of that afternoon tea, I got to know everyone at the table and we were like laughing and crying. Like it was such a weird feeling. And now I talk to those girls in a Facebook group and we chat all the time and we send each other different things, whether it's like blog posts or photos. And to now 
know that I've met these people that I never would have in the past. And we can all connect over something that should be really sad, but we now laugh about it. Like we were hysterically laughing at this event and crying at the same time. It's just Mm -hmm. actually so powerful to go through something like that. And that's been so rewarding and I've really enjoyed it. You do have to laugh though. You've got to almost, you know, the phrase, like if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But it's hard to laugh with people who haven't been through the same thing. Like you and I can laugh. And it's good that you have a community of people where a lot of people do get awkward when we talk about, you know, what's happened to our mum. It's so common. It's such a common reaction when you talk about grief because everybody just feels awkward. But if you're in a room with 75 people who have been through the exact same thing as you, like what a wonderful place to be where you can laugh and you can feel relaxed and not have to worry about saying something awkward or not saying anything at all. And it's such a good community. So I'm really happy for you that you went to that. Yeah, me too. I think the only thing I'm still struggling with, though, but getting better at is, you know how like there will be a lot of women who can communicate and relate to their mum and have all these loving, happy memories. I still want to progress and get better at that. So like we said before, thinking about the happy things that have happened in the past and maybe trying to do things that I knew mum really liked. So things like painting or things she liked cooking, um, just places that maybe we would have gone together because that helps me feel like I'm remembering her a bit and I am guilty of shoving her to the back of my mind and only remembering her anniversaries in the past and I think that's where the anxiety and the depression really started to come to the surface. Yeah we should try and make some new traditions where we kind of honour the things that she would enjoy things that maybe today we would do with her as well like you, me, Jamie, mum, things that we would have done together, we could try and do. That's one of the things that's actually been missing, I think, because in those early years, we didn't do anything. It was like she didn't exist almost. She was, to me, it now looks like she was a bit of a taboo in our life and that we didn't necessarily celebrate her. And maybe that's what we want to do now. So it's really nice that I think me, you and Jamie have been able to become a bit closer and stronger as well. I feel like my podcast has also helped us to open up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a conversation that we didn't have in our family for a good few years. It's only the last, probably since you've moved to Australia. Since I think when you moved to Australia, we all started to deal with our grief. You went, Jamie, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, went to therapy. I went to therapy and we just all started dealing with it. And what that was like, I know you've mentioned this a couple of times, but that was what six, seven years after the initial like tragedy so yeah yeah it goes to show that you it it's not linear for everybody and that's why the podcast is named not so linear you don't just suddenly start doing it one week after someone's died like for us it was a long time ahead and that's okay like it's actually quite common when you are young and you lose somebody young because you don't know how to deal with those emotions and you often sweep them under the carpet yeah, I always say to my friends, like the way I describe it is because I, I as well grieved so much later on. I was 15 when mum died. So I just feel like my body doing went your GCSEs. into auto drive. Um, yeah, I was doing my GCSEs. I, like, I literally walked out of my GCSE exam to dad stood there telling me, you know, we need to go to the hospital. Like it's time to say our goodbyes. Like it was in the middle of a really important time. And I felt like it was fight or flight, like sink or swim. I either, I wasn't able to cope with that tragedy at that time. 
So my body put it in a little box and said, we're going to open this box when you're at a place where you're able to unpick it all. And that's why mine came so much later. And mine predominantly came in the form of anxiety. That kind of brings me nicely onto my next question. So how have you found your anxiety and depression relationships these days? Because that was something that really took its toll on you at the beginning. And I just wonder what is your relationship with both anxiety and depression now? Yeah, so I think I haven't felt depressed for a long time now, which is very good. It's nice to not feel depressed because that was not a good part of my life. I think moving to Australia helped me to improve my mental health because of not just like the weather and the atmosphere and the beaches, but also just getting that sense of community back and and exploring. You know, I always say across my podcast that discovery became my recovery because it gave me quite a lot to keep my mind busy with. But anxiety, yeah, anxiety had been something that I still really struggled with up until probably the last six months. It's been a lot better. I think so the way I explain my anxiety and I know yours is different to mine like I'm very much an overthinker and it's almost to the point where my brain becomes like a hurricane (laughs) literally like all these different thoughts spiraling in there going off in all these different directions that I actually think at some point if I hadn't stopped my anxiety it would my head would have like exploded (laughs) because these thoughts would have just kept going so for me I always just got to a place where my brain just didn't let me rest and now I feel like I'm in a place where my brain is really just at ease and I actually think some of what's helped me has actually been not drinking alcohol because I haven't had a drink for like two months I had one small glass of Prosecco the other week when it was Ollie's citizenship ceremony and because I felt like it was a really big moment that we should celebrate together but apart from that I've not got drunk for maybe three months now and it's actually made me realize how much of a negative effect alcohol has on my anxiety and not just the next day of the hangover but the following week or two after it feels like a weight has been lifted and that my brain like that fog has gone alcohol really is the devil i mean me and my friends say i know a lot of my other friends feel the same when we were in lockdown we did months of no drinking and the difference that you feel in your body and your mind it is crazy like it's become such a culture that we always have to drink and there's so much pressure to go on a night out and like oh you you're not drinking tonight or are you only having one and it's such it makes you feel boring or negative and like you're not any fun when actually you know we have to grow up and get to a point where is this worth the next day and the next week because for us I don't think it is yeah I don't either and like you say it's almost like society pressure because we're so used to doing that we've just grown up with okay like a birthday party is really fun if you're getting absolutely smashed off your face with like five espresso martinis and loads of vodka shots (laughs) like that's just normal isn't it but actually is that normal like I don't think it has to be so I'm at this phase now where I'm thinking I'm not sure if I want to give it up for good because it does actually for me it prevents a lot of the things that I do enjoy like going to wineries or just having a glass of wine I really like but maybe I can learn to only have two or like manage it so that I'm not getting really drunk and then having that aftermath which then spirals my thoughts into something that's really unhealthy. I also would say as well it's not just being alcohol like that's been a major changer for me which is great but another thing is 
because I have processed my grief and talked about it so much over the last six months and also heard how other people have dealt with theirs, it has now meant that I don't get these anxious feelings when the anniversaries come up. So I know that uh, mum's birthday will be probably in a few weeks time. I don't think I'm going to feel upset anymore. And that is just a massive turning point because I used to have a feeling of dread around those days or especially Mother's Day, I would hate that. So now I just feel like I'm okay. And it's so funny how you can rewrite your story and recreate your relationship with something. Yeah, it's like you've unpicked your box. And now you're, I think in Dr. Chloe's episode, she talks about rewriting the story that suits you and creating a story that makes you feel your best version. And that's what you're doing. Because previously your story was quite negative about mum whereas now you're looking at the story in a much more positive light yeah definitely I'm glad so for me for any listeners before Tam left her main reason to go out there was you know she was in a pretty sad place and she just wanted to turn her life around move out there and just make for a better life and it's just so beautiful to see the journey that you have been on and the person that you are now compared to the person that you left is just worlds apart and I'm just really proud of you sorry for the cringe interview but just to let you know like it really like honestly like I can see the difference in you like the depression to now just like happiness and laughter like it's Mm. it's so nice what do you think look what I can't be with you just the way that that you carry yourself and the way that how you spend your days I mean hope you don't mind me saying but you would you know get home <laughs> from work when you lived in the UK and you just like curl up on the sofa or you go to bed early or but you couldn't sleep and and there was just I felt sadness when I was with you whereas now whenever I speak to you it's just laughter and happiness and you're telling me all your plans and how you've got all these kind of big ideas and you're smashing work and it's just different and I know yeah. a lot of my other family see it as well. And as much as it sucks that you literally live on the other side of the world. <laughs> I had to I'm escape just, you to be happy. I would, <laughs> yeah. No, but I would take that. Like I would happily allow you to live there <laughs> if you. it meant that you would be this happy. And it's just yeah. so, so lovely to see. It's going to be so good when you can come here and see what it's like. <laughs> you're going to love it. That thinks that you're going to move. Dad thinks you're going to move here, but I, know, I we don't at, think you will. But We were at this family party last night and Dad was like, the life out there is just so much better. Like, you've got to get out there. You've got to get out there. You'll love it. <laughs> I need to come, but COVID has other plans for us right now. I know, but one day, I honey, know. I'll be on Bondi Beach with you. So one thing I actually wanted to talk about, and I know you're meant to interview me, but like this is a really important topic that I want to bring up. So you know how obviously I'm turning 30 next year and for a lot of women, they get quite scared about turning 30. And there are times when I felt like that too. But I actually think in society, it's because people have created this thing where you have to have a kid by your 30, you have to be married and you've got to bought a house. And what I really like about living here in this expat community is I almost live in a bit of a bubble because I'm, I've got a full-time job and all that kind of thing and stability, but I still can't do a lot of the things here, like buy a mortgage or whatever. So it makes me sit back and just spend my money on the things that I enjoy. I do the things I enjoy. 
I don't have this pressure of feeling that I've got to tick off all these life boxes. And I do think that people are listening to this podcast and that they're scared to move abroad because they think they're in their late 20s and they don't have time. I want them to know that actually you can do whatever you want because who's to say that I couldn't move to Singapore when I'm 35 or move to the US when I'm 45? Like there's actually no rule book and you can make things happen if you want to make them happen. Yeah, there is so much truth in that. Like I can vouch, like I feel the pressure and I know a lot of my friends do. I'm in a friendship group where half of them, I mean, one of them's married. One of them's got a 10 year long relationship and the rest are all single. Like we're all at such different points in our lives. But as women, we do feel that pressure. We feel like there's a body clock and we're up against it. And, you know, have you bought a house yet? What's the next thing? The next thing, have you bought a house? Then you're going to get engaged. Then you're going to get married. Then you're going to have a baby. And something that we always talk about in our um, friendship group is just how in modern day, like how is it acceptable to ask these questions still? Like, when are you going to get married? Or, you know, when are you going to have your first baby? Have you not had a baby yet? Like these questions (laughs) are still asked all the time. In like celebrity interviews, you see so many kind of 30 year old women, you know, who are at the peak of their career being asked these questions. So it's so good that you found a friendship group in a bubble where that pressure is relieved because it's real and it's upsetting and it does it makes people it's so anxiety inducing because you start to think you don't live in the moment yeah exactly you feel like you're just there ticking off these boxes that society tells you is like that's what makes you happy or that's what success looks like but every individual has their own level of success and to me right now like I actually like the fact I can't buy a house like I'm physically not allowed to as a temporary resident so that means I don't have to stress about that I just save my money for me it is hard though like the other side of expat life is being a visa holder means that you know I really rely on my employer to keep me here in the country without that I can't and that is anxiety inducing but I've kind of let go of that fear now but I just want people to know that you can do whatever not whatever you want but you can go out there and try something new like a lot of people have said to me you know are you wanting to move back home soon you know when you want to start a family and yes of course maybe I would like to be closer to you and the rest of our family but also at the same time like people sometimes have this narrow mindset that you have to be back in England or close to your family. Like what if there's like a big world out there and there's so much opportunity. And when you push yourself into new things, so many more things happen that is really positive as well. Yeah. It's like a chain reaction. Like one door opens, many open. One thing I do think about the podcast as well is like, I never thought it would become like this. I just thought, you know, I'd release it and maybe a few people would listen. Whereas now, like I look at like all the opportunities it's opening for me. And and now that I've got a positive mindset, positive things are happening. So for example, I've got this really great new job. I'm excited for when the borders open because I really want to go traveling. I'm confident enough to go and take a career break and go and do all these exploring stuff. Like I don't care being early thirties and go backpacking again. Like that sounds fun. So yeah. I'm quite excited Good for, for like, what, the ne- what the next chapter is. Like who knows what it's going to be. Yeah, there's something so freeing about just living in the moment like that and having that mindset we all just live so in the past or so in the future but you just hearing you say like I don't care about being in my early 30s and backpacking around Thailand or wherever it is like so many people I think listening to that will feel so good hearing those words because nobody says it 
we all feel like we have to fit in this box like you were saying before and and we don't. Yeah, exactly. It does sometimes give me a bit of anxiety. Like, of course, I am a human being. Like, every so often I will think about it and be like, oh, God, where am I going to live? I don't know. Like, what is my future? But actually, if you just take yourself out of the box, nobody knows what their future is. Like, look at COVID and the way that that's changed everything. So what is the point of worrying? So I'm trying to live more in the moment, but it's not always easy. Yeah, I think we all have that struggle. So you were just saying before about how you know, you're in a much more positive, you've got a lot of drive and you're, you've just got this new job, which is amazing. You know, you want to travel, you've got all these huge opportunities in front of you. Do you think your grief has a big part to play in that? Do you, do you think that, you know, the journey you have been on has given you that motivation and drive? Yeah, I definitely think it has. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like because I'm living life for mum and I know that sounds awful to say because like a lot of my drive and passion comes from and this is a bit weird to say but I think because in the past I have sometimes felt a bit neglected maybe it did impact my self-esteem I think a lot of things I do is actually to prove to myself yes I can do this I can do anything I put my mind to and it kind of gives me those endorphins to go yes I've done something great and now I want to move on to the next thing and it's that buzz and that feel that it gives me it makes me feel happy but in return I do also really like doing things for other people and I've realized now that a lot about happiness comes from serving others and making other people feel happy too yeah that's a very um I think it's the Buddhist teachings that always say that like your your greater achievements in life are being a giver maybe yeah, a bit like, <laughs> I didn't know you were Buddha <laughs> oh god um, that, that not actually that you're so right um Jay Shetty like he always talks about stuff like that I love watching his videos and if nobody on who's listening to this has listened to them before he has an amazing podcast amazing YouTube video he used to be a monk and he talks about how giving back to others and like finding a purpose in life like put him back on a path to happiness and it's actually so true so I know you just briefly touched on kind of the future and where the next five years might take you obviously you're still in Australia your visa you've got another three years left and potentially going to apply one oh no (laughs) no sorry two (laughs) I got it wrong it's two it's two years So I'd love to know, like, what do you want to achieve in the next part of your grief journey? You've already come so far. What's next around the corner? I think it's interesting because, as I always say, grief evolves with you. And I know that whenever I do become a mum myself, my grief will come back in a different way because then I'll know what it's like to be a mother and what it's like to, like, love a child and maybe that will bring up some new kind of thoughts and feelings about mum because I don't know how she felt about us and who knows that could be hard and also not having a mum to support me in that journey as well I think could be quite difficult so that is a part of my grief journey that I know I'm going to have to work on but I think if I go into it knowing that and maybe I can have a session with Dr Chloe again (laughs) that would be helpful that I think that's going to maybe take some work but I know now and I can be proactive about it which is really good secondly maybe just like in general so my visa has two years left but next September I can apply to become an Australian permanent resident I want to apply because I've been through so much here already I've lived here with border closures covid lockdowns 
couldn't have picked probably the worst few years to have moved, to be honest. <laughs> Good and bad, because I guess 2020 was great for us. 2021, we're now going through lockdowns and stuff. But I feel like I've I've really worked hard to be here and make a life for myself that what a great achievement it will be to be able to get that visa and be able to stay here, whether I'm employed or not employed, and have the right to live here like an Australian resident does. As much as that breaks my heart, Tam, (laughs) I think it's definitely the right decision. I think it just, it doesn't um, stop you from doing like whatever you want to do, like what you were saying earlier, like it just gives you freedom. And I think that that's so important. Yeah, it gives me more options. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to live here forever. It just means I have the choice to come back here and live here if I want to, because if I don't get that, then I can't come back. So I want to take my learnings that I've already done throughout my life everything I've done so far has generally gone quite well so when I go into this because how many people in the world get to live in another country and have the same working rights as someone that they're not even born in so I think it would be a good life achievement and seeing Ollie get his citizenship was quite cool as well like being able to see how it's really impacted him and how emotional it is Yeah, I feel like you both must have such a connection with Australia now. Like it's your second home. And especially for you, you know, you've found your happy place there. (laughs) Sam's holding up an I love Australia bear. She's a koala. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, of course it's a koala. (laughs) yeah it's a cool bit um yeah and you'll see when you come out here you'll see why i really like it because it's a really fun place to be but also actually something that's important to say about my anxiety and i know we're going a bit off topic about my grief journey but it it's still important for where i'm at because let's say when the borders do open and i come back to england you know how Everybody in English lockdown said they were getting anxiety about going into crowded spaces again, meeting friends. They'd been inside for a long time that going outside and socializing was quite nerve wracking. I actually have that feeling about coming back home because I will have been away for over three years by that point. And the world has actually changed quite a bit. Like even though people's lives are the same, it's still different now. I'm going to get anxiety. I know it. I'll be anxious about the flight. I'll be anxious about what if I have to take these COVID tests like two days before. And then what if I I get COVID or something? You know, there's all these factors that can really impact it. It's so much more likely for me to get COVID in the UK than it is in Australia as well. I don't want my trip back home, the first one in three years, to be impacted by coronavirus. Like I've already been impacted for a few years. It's got the potential for my trip to be ruined as well so I actually have quite a lot of anxiety about that and seeing all like my friends and family again because it's been so long it's quite overwhelming yeah and everybody's going to be like pulling you from one arm and your leg and everybody's going to want to see you on every day and it's going to be a lot yeah but you know you're like exactly like people will want to go for dinners for brunches drinks and that's one thing I don't really want to be drinking when I'm back home because I don't want to be hung over there and get anxiety when I'm trying to have fun there's so many weddings we're invited to next year we can't go to them all you know we've got to see all the family all the friends all people I used to work with or whatever like there's just so many different people in different parts of the country that it's I don't want to be tired I actually want to enjoy quality time with everybody yeah And I think, so something dad and I always talk about is we think it will be good for you to actually come back. And because I think it's so easy to look through rose tinted glasses and 
not to shit on the UK, sorry to any UK listeners, but if we do be realistic here, the Australian lifestyle versus the UK lifestyle, for somebody who does struggle with mental health, I can see how Australia would be a much happier place to live than the UK. But I know that you get a bit of FOMO and, you know, you miss the fam and your friends and all these weddings. You know, you'd love to go to them all, but you can't and and you can't fit it all in when you do come back. So I just think like for you to come back and see what life is like here will remind you of all the reasons of why you went in the first place and why you do love it there so much and why Australia is your happy place. Yeah. But like we said, who knows what's going to happen in life? I might in 10 years time we might live in a different country again or you might live in a different country nobody knows their future can you move to LA I like that yeah I'd quite like that too (laughs) you know me and Ollie were just watching um do you watch Gordon Ramsay Gino DeCampo and Fred they're like road thing it's so good yeah we love it (laughs) we love it the Vegas one was hilarious and that actually got me thinking like I would love it if like my 30th birthday could be in Vegas like how much fun would we have that would be epic Honey, sign me up. I'm there. (laughs) And so I know that you often finish off your interviews asking the guests, is there anything else, you know, that you want to give your listeners? Any advice, anything that you want to tell them? I would say, and so I came across this quote the other day and I just absolutely love it. It sums up everything that's kind of happened in the last six months. It said, everything that you want is just on the other side of fear. And I feel like I delved headfirst into my grief. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? I delved headfirst into really grief. Is. I was scared of it. I was scared of feeling the emotion. Jumped straight in. But with everything else as well, it's not just about grief. It's jumping into all these things where, okay, you might apply for a job that you think you, you can't do, but actually you're scared go and do it because you'll probably be able to do it. If you're scared to move countries, do it because it's actually these things that are making you nervous or uncomfortable that actually make you grow and become an even better, more healthier, independent, resilient person. So if you have something out there that you want to do, I say do it because you never know where it will lead. I feel like I'm going to come off this call and I'm like moving to the other side of the world. <laughs> You've pitched it to me. I'm booking that flight. See you, Ryan. I'm off. <laughs> Is it, has it pumped you up? Do you feel like as a listener, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I feel like I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Good. Because you um, know what though? You can within reason. I know. And that's the truth. I think we like going back to what we were saying before is that we we almost build the boxes for ourselves as well. Like as much as society puts all this pressure on us, we actually create our own box. And I know that's where the classic phrase like take yourself out of your comfort zone comes from, because we build our own comfort zone, our own little safety bubble. And then anything outside of that is that fear. And to break through that bubble is, you know, the other side. It's like you keep widening and widening and widening yeah. and your comfort zone gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah I'm not sure where you saw that quote but I just want to sorry to you know turn it on me <laughs> but I just want <laughs> okay and I just want to say how when I had really bad anxiety it was about nearly a year ago now which is huge for me I have not had a big anxiety episode in nearly like nearly my one year anniversary (laughs) and it was because you sent me on instagram i think they're called dcl anxiety their page Mm. dlc or dcl i can't remember could maybe put it in the show notes but it honestly 
changed my life. And I know that's quite dramatic, but I, they're just memes about anxiety and depression and they're little snippets and little quotes and the captions are amazing. And then there's thousands and thousands of comments on each post. And I remember just, I was just in a really bad headspace. And I think I spent about three hours in the middle of the night going through every single post and just reading people's comments. And I found like, I found my own little community. You know, I didn't have to join a group or anything. It was just there already so accessible. And I just felt like for the first time ever, like, whoa, like I am not alone. Like that is exactly how I feel. And I thought I was a weirdo for feeling like that. I thought that was so like just deep in my brain that like nobody else feels like that. And that makes me really weird. But actually it was all there just in front of me and I didn't even know. And honestly, ever since I've read those comments and and looked at it in a new way that actually so many people feel this way. It's so cliche. So many people go, oh, you're not alone, you know. <laughs> Loads of people feel like this. Until you actually physically meet someone or meet see the people. someone written down. Exactly, yeah. Or you've seen, like, somebody's commented on this thing saying, I lie in bed sometimes and my heart palpitations won't stop and da 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 Then I think, God, that's exactly how I feel. And I just... I can't explain it, but I just feel part of the community now where, yeah, I can yeah. handle it. Thousands of other people are going through it. Like, we're all in this together. Yeah, so exactly. for anybody that, like, maybe doesn't have the confidence to join a group or, you know, doesn't really know where to start, that for me was a great start just to understand that I'm not alone. <laughs> well, thank you for interviewing me. It's very strange to be on the other end, but how I now know I've also made a lot of peace with my grief is compared to my first episode that I've done I just feel really comfortable yeah. coming off this call I don't feel sad whereas season one really weighed me down and it was so hard to do yeah. whereas now it's much lighter so thank you for being a very good interviewer oh gosh wow have I passed D- don't set up your podcast and get more downloads than me <laughs> <laughs> well I will I see think, you yeah. soon <laughs> bye thank you That's so linear over and out